thank you so much again for joining us for another episode of the Scranton Talks podcast. We are so grateful that you can share your time with us. Are you an aspiring filmmaker? Do you love film? Are you new to filmmaking? Scranton Talks is a podcast for you. It is full of inspirational, informative, and fun talks with other filmmakers and creatives about their projects and their journeys. Scranton Talks is part of the Independent Film Creative Hub based in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Hosts Luz Cabrales and myself, Desiree Zielinski, founded the Independent Film Creative Hub, which is geared to help filmmakers reach their potential in becoming successful creative artists. I'm so glad you can join us for this next episode where we sat with and chatted with Dan Kimbrough, owner and founder of Park Multimedia and the artistic director of the Taking Up Space Film Festival. Dan is a content creator who works with individuals and businesses to best tell their stories through media. Dan knows the power of content and storytelling and reaching an audience and branding a business. He has 20 plus years of media experience and has worked with ESPN as a documentary filmmaker, production manager, professor, podcast, producer, uh, photographer, editor, and more. In addition to being the artistic director of Taking Up Space, Dan serves as the tech director of the Scranton Fringe Festival. Taking Up Space is a film festival with within the 2022 Scranton Fringe Festival, seeking short film submissions of all types. The Taking Up Space Film Festival is seeking stories that are created and told by Black, Indigenous, persons of color filmmakers. The pur purpose of the film festival is to lift the voices of historically excluded and racial and ethnic narratives. And we were so glad we had the chance to talk with Dan about his film festival. While he was um, working with the Scranton Fringe Festival at the time, uh, this was his first year for the Taking Up Space Film Festival, and we can't wait to see how much it grows and to get more of Black, Indigenous, and persons of color, the filmmakers, to tell their specific stories. It's so important to have representation of all types in the film industry specifically and to have them tell their stories. And I actually had the chance to attend the Taking Up Space Film Festival, and they had some really great stories from talented filmmakers, and I can't wait to see what else they bring to the area next year. So I hope you enjoy this episode where we talk with Dan Kimbrough, who is the Artistic Director of the Taking Up Space Film Festival. Hello, everybody. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's been a while, Desiree. I don't even remember the last time we had a show. <laughs> uh, was it August? Yes, it was the I Beast think it was. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, it was. Uh, we had a busy, busy uh, season this uh, It's been busy, season. yeah. Sometimes we do once a month. Sometimes we do every two weeks. Sometimes you know, four in a month. <laughs> exactly. But anyway, uh, thanks everyone for joining us. Again, my name is Luz Cabrales and I'm the uh, founder of Scranton Films and co-founder of the Independent Film Creative Hub. I am um, very excited to be back uh, again after a busy, a busy season. Yeah. Hey everyone. My name is Desiree Zlinski. I'm also the other co-founder of the Independent Film Creative Hub. I'm also the founder of NEPA Film Society, which is a local filmmaking community here in Northeast Pennsylvania. And I'm also the organizer of the Mystery Box Film Challenge. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, I almost wore the Mystery Box uh, film, but it was, uh, it was, I had to go back to, uh, so they could read everything. So I decided to go for <laughs> okay. Scranton Films. Yeah, uh, so talking about the Mystery Box, uh, Desiree, I mean, it's a great opportunity. Um, 
I think we have, uh, we're on the extended deadline or are we still on the early bird? Uh, Tell um, people still, a little bit about the mystery box, uh, yeah. the ones that maybe are new to our show. Yeah, so um, Mystery Box Film Challenge is part of the Northeast Pennsylvania Film Festival. And I do want to mention with the film festival specifically, they are offering a discount code. So they're looking for really great films from our local filmmakers and across the area and the region. So if you use code NEPA2350, you'll get 50% off your entry fees. Okay. Okay, great. Send us a message. I'll give that to you. Um, But Mystery Box is just... A, a film challenge for anyone who loves to make films. Um, we're still going on. If you want to go on our film freeway page, just search mystery box film challenge and everything, all the requirements are listed there. And we're still in the halfway point right now for everybody. Cause it usually takes two months for everyone to do their films. <laughs> so. Yes. And, and it is very exciting uh, because uh, guys uh, and girls, I mean, this is basically the time uh, if you want to do a film this in the fall, I mean, that's, gonna be like probably your best weather but if you're looking to do something in the winter i mean that's okay uh just be mindful that you know it might be a little cold uh for everybody uh so if you do need help i mean desiree and and, and myself are here to assist you uh maybe not necessarily during production but maybe if you're looking for something specific uh or any actors anything in yeah. particular that you may need uh definitely on props as well if you uh are not sure where to get them or if there's a particular particular uh, aspect of the props that you don't understand I mean feel free to reach out uh, because that's better than not doing it the film because you didn't ask uh, I mean we're pretty laid back uh, as far as that but uh, we want to make sure that you know everybody has at least all the elements uh, for the for the films uh, mm-hmm. and uh, for the challenge but again this is is, is is a time to be creative I mean you could do um, quite a few things around this area yeah there's there's still time to join in if you just search on our film freeway page for mystery box film challenge you'll see all the requirements and the items that you have to use this year you can make a film in like 12 hours and submit it the day before you can some people have already started and finished their films already so it's like you can join in at any time a uh, regular deadline, I believe, is November 1st, and we have a late deadline of November 20th. And we did make a fee to be a dollar just to curb some submissions we've been getting that don't qualify because they're not using requirements because we are a film challenge. We're not really a festival. So. Right, right. And um, I mean, that's good. We might be able to have a waiver for those, uh, you know, yeah. who maybe don't have that dollar to put in. Uh, you know, that's no problem. Uh, just reach out to Desiree and she'll be able to, uh, yeah. you know, send well, you information. Yeah, we'll provide a waiver if you can't pay the dollar fee or we'll definitely can provide a waiver if you miss both deadlines. They know some people have reached out that they're trying to get people together. They may submit by the late deadline, which is completely fine. Either the regular or late deadline, you could submit anytime you want. Um, if you're really close, I know we had a couple people really close to exporting their films and they were like at the deadline. And I, I can definitely give you a waiver to submit on Film Freeway. So. Yes, yes. Well, well, you know, we're pretty good at that. I mean, we don't want to do it like, you know, two, three months after, but, you know, no, like, yeah. you know, a couple <laughs> days, uh, you know, you're having trouble with the render, things like that. Uh, you know, we're pretty good at that. But anyway, uh, we have a couple more updates, but we'll do those at the end. Uh, you know, a uh, couple things coming up. Uh, 
right now i uh, just want to uh, focus your attention on our guest uh today uh we have some exciting events coming up this weekend uh and uh dan and you know i didn't ask how to pronounce his last name but i'm gonna go for it uh, uh dan kimber kimber i'm not sure but he'll <laughs> yeah, he's going to come in right now and he's going to tell us more about, you know, what he does. He is an owner of Park Multimedia. Uh, he has over 20 years of experience. He has done documentary films, marketing, advertising, a lot of things around this area. And uh, we're going to focus a little bit on him uh, about just his journey as an artist uh, and creative. Uh, and also then we're going to talk a little bit about a film festival, that, yeah. not the NEPA Film Festival, a very important film festival coming up uh, yeah. uh, Friday and Saturday. Yes, uh, tomorrow, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's bring him in right now. Hello. Hello, hello. hello. It is Kim Bro. Kim Bro. Oh my goodness. I, yeah, I got there's that a bunch wrong. of extra a bunch of extra letters for me. <laughs> say, say that again. Kim Bro. Kimbo. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Dan Kimbro. All yeah. right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I mean, we're very, very excited uh that you're here. Um just tell us a little bit about um again very laid back conversation. We mm -hmm. might have some questions from uh, people at the end as well. Um, but just to give you uh, people an idea, just tell us a little bit about the stuff that you do locally here mm -hmm. with your business. Uh, and then we'll, we'll focus more on, on, on the film festival that's happening this week. Oh mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So uh, I run Park Multimedia. Uh, it's gone through numerous evolutions over the years as media and the industry has changed, but we've settled into the idea of doing content creation for companies and so we work with companies either at, with the company or with their marketing department on helping them create their own brand and look and authenticity when it comes to their um, media. And so trying to help companies move away from stock photos and stock video, um, really educating companies on the idea that content is where it's at. And so, yes, you can still pay for big ads and those things, um, depending on your campaigns. But being able to reach your audience, it's really more of a day to day thing. And, and we can help you do that through content creation. Um, and so we do videos, photography. Um, we've got a podcast studio as well. And so really any kind of content someone's looking to create, we can help them along with that process. That's very, very cool. I am sharing right now just your website. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's uh, just parkmultimedia.com, correct? Yep, yep, yep. Uh, well, okay, so uh, I'm going to leave it to uh, Desiree for a little bit uh, while I mm -hmm. set up just your website here, but uh, uh, I know she had a couple questions about your, uh, you know, just your documentaries and all your film stuff. Yeah, if you want to elaborate to our audience and just how you got started in filmmaking and what was your journey like? Um, it's always the funny story. Uh, I was a radio guy to begin with. Um, and when I got into grad school, I actually applied for a radio assistantship and my paperwork got confused with somebody who was applying for a video assistantship. And so both of us wanting to go to grad school, we just sort of sucked it up and dealt with it. Um, and so I learned video on the go. Uh, I did have a couple classes in undergrad and so I knew video uh, in the process and, and some of the behind the scenes film things. And so, but from there I just sort of kept picking it up and fell in love with it in the long run. And so really got into it in grad school. And then I completed my first documentary while I was in grad school for a class. And sort of that was the beginning and I've been doing it ever since. Oh, wow, that's great. Yeah. Is there anything that you have currently that you're working on or anything in the past that you notably want to talk about? Um, I've always got two or three documentaries that I'm working on. It's just time in the long run. Um, one of the big ones that I'm, I'm always researching um, sort of behind the scenes whenever I have free time, I want to do a, uh, a documentary traveling the Pan American Highway, uh, which technically runs from Circle, Alaska, down to Tierra del Fuego. 
Um, and it's one road that connects all of the Americas. And so um, we're really looking at the idea that we are sort of one large continent, well, two, but still one connected to this one road. And so looking at the different cultures and peoples and food and music and all the things that are connected on this at some point. Um, and then right now, um, we're not doing, it's mainly client work at this point. And so nothing that you'd see unless you're one of the clients or you're working with them. And so just sort of the daily grind, things that you're doing in marketing. So. Okay, that's good. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. And, and when you work on projects, right, um, I know well, you have your business side of it, uh, that you work with clients, you have mm -hmm. your crew, you have your staff. How mm -hmm. about uh, for the personal projects? Like, how do you approach a project? Maybe somebody that's watching that's very interested in documentaries, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and it seems kind of like, you know, um, that, that might be the uh, what you like most. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Or am I? Uh, or oh, no, no, I love documentaries. If, if, if I could make money and do documentaries every day, that's what I would be doing. <laughs> oh, great, great. So, great. so for those people that are watching, right, that mm -hmm. may not know, um, you know, how to, how to get started in doing a documentary, maybe they mm -hmm. see stuff in their community that they want to do. Uh, what would be, um, what was your approach uh, mm -hmm. as far as that? Um, my approach, uh, I'm a research nut, so I spent a lot of time. Uh, my first one was on the um, Title IX. And so with my first documentary, I spent about a month digging through everything I could about Title IX, why it existed, uh, the changes it made to the education system and things of that nature. And then once I had that research and felt like I knew the topic well enough, it was just talking to people, hearing their stories. Um, and that's really what a lot of documentary is at the end of the day, is storytelling. And so giving people a comfortable space to sort of open up and share with you their story, their experiences, depending on the scope and the topic. Um, and then from there, the big thing for me with documentary and, and nonfiction and journalism in general is to always let the story lead. Um, I've gone into a lot of documentaries sort of with this is what the, this the end goal is going to be and that the end product is completely different because once we got working and started talking to people, we realized there was an entirely different story that needed to be told. Uh, and so, yeah, if you're curious and you, there's, especially in your communities, you can do a lot of micro documentaries and, and create a lot of content that will help get stories out there. And so um, be curious, ask questions and then let the story lead you. And, and do you yeah. usually work, um, so on the research, do you work alone? Um, do you have collaborators? Um, anyone maybe, uh, we are in the Scranton area for those <laughs> who are, you know, watching us uh, in other places. Uh, and um, you uh, are living here. Uh, so if anybody locally wants mm -hmm. to uh, collaborate or maybe they want to have that, uh, how do you work with them? Um, uh, with that aspect now yeah. of it, you have your research, you have everything, mm -hmm. and now you're trying to put your uh, team together. Is it kind of like a one person? Uh, uh, it depends. All depends on the documentary. There's a lot of the, a lot of smaller ones that I've done um, in the past have been ones that were just my pet passion projects, and so I sort of ran after those alone. Um, another one I'm, I'm always working on as well is one looking at. Um, the stories of African-American women who were born before the Civil Rights Act was passed and sort of lived through that. And so it's one that I started years ago. And when I started teaching and moved here, my son was born. It's sort of been on hiatus, but I'm always gathering information for it. Um, and so that one was one with me just sort of when I had free time, I was going out and conducting interviews and doing things. Uh, there was another one that I did recently with a co-worker at Ms. Recordia University looking at disability rights uh, and voting access in Luzerne County. County. Um, and this, that's her research area. She loves it. And so she approached me and said, hey, 
well, I want to do this, you know, how can we flesh this out? And we end up putting two documentaries together about it. And that was purely collaborative. Um, I think that everyone sort of has their lane and the thing that they do well. And so for that one, like I was the tech, like I took care of all the shooting, editing, did all those things. But when it came to the research, finding interview subjects and sort of being that point person, that was all her. And so she was also on camera. Um, but I think that if someone's good at something, trust them and let them do what they do. And we won a couple of awards with those documentaries. We actually were, had the ability to change some of the local laws and some of the local voting locations because there were places that weren't accessible. Um, but that came down to that truly collaborative, this is her sort of baby. I'm here to help film it and walk through that process and do my thing. And she took care of all the research, made the connections and did those things. And it worked out really well. And so trust people. Like if, they, if someone says, hey, I want to do this and this is the area that I'm interested in, give them that freedom. So. Wow, wow. Yeah, definitely. That's powerful advice, especially for a lot of uh, filmmakers around here, because we all sometimes think we can do everything ourselves, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you need that uh, that help uh, yeah. from somebody that may know something, you know, that mm -hmm. you maybe were not, uh, you know, even aware it uh, yeah. it was possible. Mm -hmm. That that uh, yeah. definitely yeah. Uh, motivates me i do a little bit of documentary myself uh definitely not uh you know as much as i uh have time to do but uh you know it is something that um it, you're right you know like it sometimes you're thinking that the story is going to be one thing mm -hmm. and then it turns out to be something completely yep. different yep yep and so and that's but that's what's good that's what i love about storytelling is that you start off with this question and like a, a thread and you start pulling at it and you never know where it's going to end up and if you're curious and you enjoy that you'll have you'll always find work and fun stories to tell yeah that's great yeah i mean i've been taking like uh, an online class in film and television essentials and i actually went through a couple modules about documentary filmmaking mm -hmm. and that with the with documentaries versus narratives, documentaries, usually the story and everything comes together in the post-production yeah. mm -hmm. phase. And that's something to keep in mind when doing documentaries versus narrative, where a lot of stuff in narrative filmmaking is in the pre-production phase yeah. of how you want it to look. But um, with documentaries, is there a documentary, um, is, there, is there a favorite documentarian that you have? And if there's a documentary out there that really um, inspired you? Um... Ooh, favorite documentarian. That's a hard one. <laughs> uh, um, you know, Spike Lee fits a lot of categories for me. Um, and he, so I, when I was in grad school, I actually did um, one of my thesis papers was on Spike Lee and um, his portrayal of men and women in film, which is a whole other topic. Um, but I like the way uh, when the levees broke, when that came out after Hurricane Katrina, and Spike's done some other documentaries as well. Um, oh, what's the one? Four Little Girls? It's called Four Little Girls, which is about the, the bombing of the 16th Street Baptist Church uh, in Birmingham, Alabama during the civil rights movement. Um, and like those two are sort of always been my my, my hallmarks um, when it comes to documentary, just Spike Lee's style where he really sort of lets what's happening on camera speak for itself. Um, and like when the levees broke, there's so many of the shots that are there that when you're sort of traveling, if you've ever been to New Orleans pre-Katrina and afterwards, the way he tells that story, it's just, no one has to be speaking. It's just moving to see the images um, and sort of the way he approaches film. And so I think for me, Spike Lee probably is one of the bigger ones. Um, and he's not traditionally thought of as a, as a documentary filmmaker, but his approach to how he does things with his normal films, I think really makes a really powerful documentary. So. 
Yeah, and I think even his films just uh, you know he just lets uh, his characters evolve through. Like mm-hmm. you don't you don't even need to be speaking. Like you know he could have just one whole shot yeah. of things just happening yeah. <laughs> in the background, and and mm-hmm. he's uh, he's just really good at, at, at doing that. And uh, uh, you know they're powerful. I tell yeah. you, like you know like. Well, in one of my favorites, he uh, he was. I'm sure he produced. I think he produced. Um, what is it called? Twenty fifth hour. Um, which is one with Ed Norton um, and a whole cast. It's about a man who's about to go to prison and how he spends his last day. Uh, and he produced, I don't, I'm not sure if he directed it, but he, I know he had a lot of hand in the visuals and it was one of the first movies shot in New York City after 9-11. And there's this scene with them in the sky rise looking out at ground zero. And it gets quiet, but it's just one of those moving scenes because this is the first, one of the first films post 9-11 to address what happened and that there's something not where it's supposed to be anymore. And it's one of those scenes when they're all just sort of looking out this window and not talking about it, but it becomes really powerful because you realize all of a sudden that's where the World Trade Center was and that it becomes part of the scene and the element and almost its own character. So I just, I really do love his approach. Yes, yes, definitely. Uh, I mean, definitely powerful, and, and, and you are right. Um, so that kind of leads us to the film festival that's happening mm-hmm. this uh, Friday and Saturday. I mean, we um, talked to me a little bit about that. I, I know, um, you know, I had the pleasure of judging some of the films, and I mean, th- a lot of those films are very, very powerful. Yeah, uh, so, I mean, it is something that um, I would like you just to talk a little bit about that, how mm-hmm. you got involved, and I'm going to just put it up right over here, just, you know, as far as the, the new festival that mm-hmm. uh, we have and this is uh the first year correct yep, first year yep first year so yeah so i am uh, so i also am the technical director for the scranton fringe festival which is also going on so please come to scranton this weekend yeah. um but uh so connor kelly o'brien uh and liz well i can't remember Liz, I'm sorry, I forgot your last name all of a sudden. Uh, Bohan, there we go. Um, throughout the years, we, we've talked about trying to figure out an element of doing something, looking at BIPOC artists through the French Festival, but putting a real spotlight on it. Um, I think it was 2019. It may have been the last one before the pandemic. Like the space that I live here in Scranton, which is where Meals on Wheels is, we actually dedicated that space to BIPOC artists. And so there were a couple talkback sessions after some of the different shows, but that's what that space was for. Um, and we were trying to figure out other ways. The pandemic hits, and so that slows a lot of things down. Uh, but at one point they approached me and said, hey, if we did a film festival, do you think that's something that we could pull together? And I had, I've coordinated a couple of film festivals through uh, an academic organization that I was a part of, BEA. Um, I ran their uh, documentary film festival. And so I had experience sort of with the judging and figuring out rubrics and those things. And I was like, yeah, I mean, if you guys are willing to, to you know, take this on and make this part of the festival, I have no problem helping out. So they gave me the reins and let me run with it. That's very, very cool. So, yeah. so what uh, I'm gonna just put it up. We're gonna show the trailer, right? Um, mm-hmm. Which is not really a trailer; it's just a com- combination of all the films that were mm-hmm. here. But before we do that, I- I'm just gonna put it up right here on the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to me about like just the powerful uh, films that mm-hmm. uh, has mm-hmm. uh, that this festival has. Uh, there's some great ones. Um, so one of the cool things, um, because it's a French festival still, there's sort of time limits. And so you won't be able to see all the films in person. Um, so if you buy a ticket, there is a digital pass. And so we have two longer films that are really powerful that are in there. Um, one is called Raised. Uh, and it looks at 
during, uh, I want to say it was the 40s and 50s, uh, in Virginia, there was this movement called Urban Renewal. And Urban Renewal happened all over the U.S., but it targeted a lot of minority populations in the communities where they would say different buildings were derelict or slums and use it as a means of wiping out entire communities. And so this is a documentary that looks back at that point in time, but also people go back to where their house was. And so your childhood home is a parking lot now under the guise that, no, no, we're going to renovate this area. We're going to make something new here and it lays dormant or it's a parking lot now. And so it's sort of really powerful to see people going back and looking at where they were raised and understanding that they were lied to, that their families were lied to at that point. And so um, there's two documentaries that sort of look at that idea of gentrification and urban renewal. We've got uh, one documentary that looks at the idea of identity overall, Um, someone who sort of is online dating during the pandemic and is hiding their identity because they're worried that people people won't be interested in them because they're not a white person and sort of what that psyche is and and moving through those things. Um, We've got one that deals with suicide um, and not just the suicide itself, but the after effect of those around and the impact that that leaves. And so uh, then we've got one that's a a satire that looks at marketing industries and how persons of color are being treated. So it's a wide variety, a couple documentaries some straightforward films um, and some, you know, other pieces. And so it's, it's, it's a great collection. Uh, I was worried it's the first year of a festival, so you never know what you're going to get. And I was pleasantly surprised with sort of the depth that we got from the film. So. Yeah, and why, um, why is it important for you uh, as a filmmaker, as an artistic director uh, for the festival to, to do this in this area, mm-hmm. uh, right? Yeah. So, and so shockingly, we didn't get anything from the Scranton area, which we're going to work on for future years. Hopefully we can find a couple of local artists as well. Um, but I think bringing, understanding what fringe festivals are overall, which is and briefly, there was a festival, an artist, uh, a theater festival happening in Edinburgh. Some film, some groups weren't allowed into that festival, and so they started playing wherever they could. And a reporter at the time didn't know what to call it, so they called it this festival on the fringe because they were folks that were sort of left out of the overall thing. And so it becomes the fringe festival. Now it's one of the largest, if I think it's the actual largest artistic festival anyway. So thinking of what fringe is, having a film festival that highlights BIPOC artists um, is something that you know really fits into that idea of saying, yes, we want everyone to be a part of this festival, but we wanna use what we can to sort of put a highlight here. So looking at ethnic and racial underrepresented groups and saying, we know you're creating media, you're creating content, here's a place where you can actually show it um, because unfortunately in our industry, you know, if you don't win an award or have some sort of check every now and then, it's hard to advance. And so this is a way of saying, nope, we're looking at a selective group of films from these selected directors. And if it's selected, you get the laurels, you can put it on your poster, like you've been officially accepted into a film festival, um, which helps people in the long run. If we're thinking about the overall scene of how we change Hollywood and, and media and giving voice to people, it's giving recognition to those who are doing the work. And so that's why this is an important one. Um, and I love that it's happening here in Scranton. And so, you know, it's, it, it is a BIPOC film festival that's happening here. While it's not local artists, you are getting a chance to hear voices and see through the lens of people that you may not normally see. Right, right. And, yeah. and, you know, this this is important because it also opens up doors. Uh, you know, something that we don't usually see in this area is going to be seen. Now. Yep. 
right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that I think that's that's what I like about the the French festival that it is um, very inclusive. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. a, a lot of artists, you know, we feel that you know maybe we don't you know belong here, maybe we don't belong there. Uh, but now seeing something like this taking up space um, is really going. I hope, um, and and I think that's what I saw from it that it's gonna bring in bring out artists, right? Maybe mm-hmm. they don't yeah. necessarily see every day. So what yep. I'm gonna do is I'm gonna play the actual uh, some of the clips because not only are the images powerful, uh, but they're also the uh, dialogue is yeah. very powerful. So I'm gonna just play that. Um, we'll give you a little break uh, for three minutes, <laughs> yeah. and then we'll come back. We'll talk a little bit about yeah. uh, just the dates, uh, the place. Um, yep. So I don't think I have it on the screen, and then we okay. can see if there's anyone that has any questions uh, online. Okay. Uh, let me see if I'm I can find late. this button. Okay. I can films. <laughs> yeah. Again, I watched uh, all the films and, uh, you know, I was impressed. I was Mm -hmm. impressed with uh, just uh, how powerful they were. You know, I was a little jealous as well, uh, (laughs) you know, uh, because some of them just, they just really get to your heart, you know, like on the way they were uh, very creative. Mm -hmm. Um, So tell us about the dates. Uh, It just, uh, let me put it up here. And because this is a great timing. yeah. Uh, for this. Yeah, yeah. No, perfect. Yeah. So tomorrow night's the opening night. Um, it'll be we're at the where am I right now? Uh, on um, Lackawanna College's campus, college, university, college, um, and the uh, People's Theater on Vine Street. And so that's the venue that we'll be in. And so we're at eight thirty on Friday night is the opening, and then two o'clock and eight thirty on Saturday as well. Um, and if you can't make it in person, uh, your ticket gives you digital access so you can actually watch all the films uh, at home and you're safe and comfort at home. And then the two longer documentaries are on that digital piece as well. So when you buy a ticket, you can come see it in person or you can stay at home and watch it that way. Um, the digital one, I believe we have it scheduled, will be open all for the next week. So you don't have to rush and watch them all in the next two days. You can spread them out a little bit. So. Okay. And um, where can they buy their tickets? If you go to scrantonfringe.org, um, there's a section to buy tickets, and then all of the fringe festival shows that are still going, you can buy tickets there as well. And like I said, we're all over. Uh, where there's another show that's in here that I just got to finish running tech for called The Ladies of the 80s. And if you like 80s music, yeah. you want to buy a ticket for this, come at seven, stay for the film festival, you'll have a great evening. Um, but there's a bunch of other venues that are, there's things going on as well. So um, definitely support the arts and come out and, and yeah. do what you can. I mean, I did see um, on Sunday Romeo and Juliet, which was great. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing from Gaslight. So, mm-hmm. so yes, yeah, definitely amazing. support the performing arts here in Scran. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And I know you had a long night today, uh, <laughs> setting up uh, for a lot of things. Uh, but just uh, we had just two more questions. I'm going to yeah, ask yeah, you yeah. Uh, one last one question, and then Desiree mm-hmm. is going to ask the last question that we ask okay. uh, to everyone uh, here. Um, but we'll let you go home. Um, that way, you can have dinner uh, and uh, you know, just relax before another another day. Yeah. Um, just um, what can they expect that uh, at the at the festival? Uh, do they show up at seven at eight thirty, or that's when you're mm-hmm. screening the films? So yeah, so uh, you want to get here about eight uh, eight fifteen ish. Um, eight eight fifteen. Um, the previous show lets out. 8.05 ish and so there'll be a little bit of a pause between um, and then we'll let you in but the goal is we're going to start right at 8.30 um, and the films will play back to back to back all the way through and so at the beginning of each one you'll see whether it's the official it's a selection or the winner um, but then that way you sort of know which where each film ranks um, but they'll play all the way through it's about an hour and 
18 minutes. And so 8.30, you'll still be out of here by 9.45, just before 10 o'clock. So, um, and there oh, are other fringe things ha- happening still. So then you can disco. go to the next party. And, and it's first to the- Friday tomorrow. Exactly. It's first Friday. <laughs> We've got a silent disco. We've planned your entire weekend for you. Um, but oh, no, so, so, <laughs> so are there events then going on before 8.30 for the yeah. spring fringe yep. um, what time does those, do those start? Uh, that way we can so kind of get those. Yep, six o'clock is when the first set of shows will start. So, and again, so they're all for the most part in an hour and a half rotation. So there's a six, there's a seven, and then like I said, the one before us will go from seven to eight, seven to eight fifteen ish, and then we start at eight thirty. Uh, and then Tuesday, uh, which is the last day of French Festival, the French Festival all uh, will start at two o'clock, uh, and I believe we wrap everything around nine thirty ish, and so. Okay. Plenty of shows that you can still see throughout the weekend. Great, great, great. I'm going to try to make it tomorrow. Hopefully I get out of work early. And uh, <laughs> too bad I can't go. <coughs> I'm sorry, I can't go on Saturday. I have an yeah. event. But uh, definitely tomorrow for sure. If uh, yeah. I mean, I don't okay. think I'll be at work till 830, but sometimes. <laughs> I never know, yeah. <laughs> uh, great. So that's it. Last question. Um, and then we'll we'll wrap it up and, uh, and go from there. Yeah, I mean, I was going to also ask like what do you want people to take away from seeing the films at your taking up space film festival if you want to briefly yeah talk about um, that i think the big thing is while there are some there, well, there, there are a couple of them that do deal directly with the notion of being a bipoc artist um a lot of them are just stories like they're just regular stories that you're seeing through a different lens and i think that that's the big takeaway is the notion that when we think about art we, while yes, you know, understanding who the artist is is very important, um, but that it's still art at the end of the day. And so we're just watching stories. You know, the story, uh, the one, the raised one that deals with urban renewal in the South is one that's talking about what happened to an African American community, where the one, the other one's called Neighborhood that you'll see, which is one of the short ones, mm-hmm. is talking about indigenous land that was taken away to sort of create Tacoma. So you've got two different groups who are telling you the story, but the story is still the idea of, you know, government taking land to do something. Yeah. It happened to numerous people, regardless of what you look like. And so it really is a universal story. And a lot of the stories, that's what you're going to see is that you're at this festival. Like I said, there are a couple of them that sort of go at race head on, but the rest of them are just stories. It just happens to be you're hearing it from a different artist. So the lens shifts slightly. And that's all that's going to happen. It's still the same story. Boy meets girl, this, whatever. It's just the lens changes a little bit because it's a, it's an artist of color. Um, and so I hope that that's the big takeaway is that these are shows and stories and things you should see. And, you know, you think about the movie theater and you sort of blow it up from there. Just because a film is considered a black film doesn't mean that you shouldn't go see it. It doesn't mean it's not for you. I guarantee Hollywood only has about eight stories they tell. And so, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it's not going to be something crazy. It's just the lens shifts a little bit. Um, but it's a great way to learn about other cultures as well. So, yeah, that's what I love. Yeah, that's what I love about film again. I love seeing like the traditional blockbuster Top Gun kind of mm-hmm. movie. But the one thing I really love about filmmaking is like you learn about stories from other people that you don't necessarily know about and learn about something completely different and shed to light a lot of things that people just don't know and make you think. Yeah. But um, our last question that we usually ask people is what advice would you give to up and coming filmmakers? Oh God. Um... Or something you wouldn't, you probably would have uh, <laughs> wanted to know when you were younger. That's uh... not always people. <laughs> oh, I mean, I mean, the real raw advice is: Are you crazy? Um, 
<laughs> plan on never having any time whatsoever. Um, no, I think the big thing is um, if you're going to do it, make sure you love it. Um, I think there are a lot of folks who call themselves filmmakers and who who buy all the equipment and do all these things, but they don't really have a passion for filmmaking. And you can love watching films, and it's very different than making films. Um, I think most filmmakers will tell you that the final version that people see is still not the one they like. You know, because you're always thinking of ways you can make it better. You always want to tweak it. You like it's 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 less filmmaking and it's more tinkering. Um, and so make sure that you really are in love with the process, because if you're not, it'll gobble you up real fast. Um, and it's long nights, very long nights, long edit hours, cold. You talked earlier about shooting in the winter. I have almost lost fingers at certain points in time shooting during the winter. Um, and so if you're going to do it, love it. Um, and if you, if it's, if it's a hobby or something you're flirting with, find a friend who loves it and then just work with them. <laughs> exactly right that's that's, that's actually a good one that's yeah. very very good perfect so this was a great uh yeah. a great uh event and i mean scranton <laughs> uh scranton tax uh event but yeah. uh let me just do a quick close-up uh desiree uh what's going on uh on october 29th real quick oh yeah we are having oh yeah our what do you mean oh yeah it's like the best day ever. <laughs> We're having our indie filmmaker meetup again on October 29th. That's a Saturday. That's going to be the last one for uh, 2022 because um, with November and December, we kind of just don't want to do a lot for the holidays. So kind of being cognizant of that and it'll be getting into winter. But it's going to be at Backyard Ale House at this time at 1230 p.m. That's when they open. Um, just come out, hang out, talk, shop. Um, bring screenplays if you have anything. If you want to talk about the Mystery Box Film Challenge, I'll be there. Um, Mystery Box Film Challenge is still going on. If you have questions, you can come out and talk to me about that. Um, yeah, just network with the filmmakers in the area and hang out and grab a drink, get something to eat. And yeah. <laughs> what time is it at? Uh, at just, just Well, we, I make it like two hours. So it starts at 12.30 p.m., um, backyard opens at 12, so kind of hoping that we miss the Halloween partiness at night because I know that's Halloween weekend, <laughs> probably because Halloween's on a Monday this year. Yeah, but I like to go out time, uh, Halloween. It's usually, like, we keep it two hours, and if you want to hang out longer, that's fine. But if you have to leave a little bit, that's yeah, just come whenever. Very cool, very cool. And again, uh, everybody, uh, just subscribe uh, on Facebook, uh, YouTube, mm -hmm. Instagram. I think we're on Twitter, but I don't actually. No, I don't think anything. we're on Twitter. I, guess, I, I gotta get better at that. Uh, but uh, also uh, become a member today uh, on our creativehub.com. Uh, what does that mean? That means that you can go on our website. Uh, you have it in the background. Uh, and you can become a member, part of the community. Uh, you can send us messages um, and also post casting notices. If you're looking for something more uh, private uh, that is not really on Facebook and it's mostly uh, filmmakers, uh, we have a, a pretty good directory there that keeps growing uh, as well as any grant opportunities there's a grant going on artists uh you know yes. lackawanna arts department uh go on on that as well and um you know it's, it's great for for artists so a lot of that stuff uh, is always there along with scranton talks you can watch uh previous episodes get motivated and start making some good good stuff around here all right and we're in the process anyway. of designing our website again so 
Yes, yes. Uh, as soon as we have a little bit of time, then I get to publish yeah. uh, Desiree's website. Uh, she did a wonderful job. Uh, we just have to kind of do like a whole a couple uh, things, add some copy and exactly and and that is uh thanks to uh lackawanna arts as well that uh, help, uh is helping us with with a little bit of money uh to uh make this stuff happen um as well in uh scranton films uh in um just uh, all these art artists around here but again uh thank you again for everything uh then uh i hope uh and we wish you the best uh thank definitely you. hope you have a, a good turnout uh on the film festival that is uh much needed in this area thank you so much this yeah, has been amazing you. thank you so what i'll do is i'm just going to uh I, um put the put a little bit of that um those films uh at the end but again thank you everyone uh you have a, a great day Okay, um, thanks, everyone. Have a great night. All right. Take care. And thank you so much again for joining us on another episode of the Scranton Talks podcast. I hope you enjoyed your time with us. Be sure to follow the Independent Film Creative Hub on Instagram and Facebook to stay up to date on all the events that we have going on and when our next Scranton Talks is going to be. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can find any of our Scranton talks that we do on our YouTube channel. They live there for you to watch if in case you can't make one of our live broadcasts. And we have Scranton talks here on Apple Podcasts and Spotify for you to listen to as well on the go. Be sure to check out our website, ourcreativehub.com. It's free to sign up and be sure to connect and mingle and collaborate with your fellow filmmakers. And if you are interested in being on Scranton Talks, we would love to have you. Send us a direct message through our Facebook page or Instagram account, and we'll be sure to connect with you on when the best date and time is. We love to hear everyone's journeys. Whether you're a filmmaker, producer, actor, you could be a writer, uh, work in the sound department, art department, anything, uh, reach out to us. We would love to have you. We'll work out a great date and time to get you on the show. And thank you all again for joining us, and that's a wrap.